What do you think? Which of these sectors do you think is going to perform the best? Financial, consumer discretionary, and utility sectors look most interesting. In this presentation, I'm going to introduce you to our MSCI sectors and their attractiveness. So what do you think? Which of the global sectors is most attractive? Welcome to the Become a Better Investor community. Let's get started. We use the GICS classifications, which stands for Global Industry Classification Standard. Basically, this works well for the financial world and community, and therefore, I've been using it all my career. Now, MSCI separates stocks into 11 different sectors. Sectors like energy, materials, industrials, consumer discretionary, all the way down to real estate. So let's look at the industrial sector for a moment, and we'll dig down a little bit deeper because MSCI then has 25 industry groups below that. So some sectors, such as this industrial sectors, have three industry groups as follows. Capital goods, commercial and professional services, and transportation. So in addition to this, so now we have the industrial sector, and then under that, the transportation industry group, which we're going to use as an example. Then there's 74 industries. So within transportation industry group, there are five major industries. So what are they? Air freight and logistics, passenger airlines, marine transportation, ground transportation, and then the fifth one, transportation infrastructure. So let's look at that one to carry this through to understand. So now at the bottom of this triangle, there's 163 sub-industries. Now, for those people who are familiar with MSCI, they may say, Andrew, these numbers don't seem to be the same as what I've seen in the past. Well, as of March 2023, MSCI has updated its industry groups, industries, and its sub-industries. So finally, within the industrial sectors, the transportation industry group, the transportation infrastructure industry are three sub-industries. Airport services, number one, highway and rail tracks, number two, and marine ports and services, number three. Now, the GICS sectors include 1,500 developed market companies, the total market cap of this is about $53 trillion. So they're classifying these 1,500 companies into these 11 groups. And here we can see a chart showing the market cap and the number of companies. The largest sector is Infotech sector at $11 trillion market cap and consists of 183 companies. The smallest is real estate with a market cap of $1.5 trillion and 96 companies. Now, the industrial sector that I mentioned before is the one that has the most number of companies, about 250, because it's a pretty wide industry. Now, let me ask you, what is your framework for investing? Our investment strategies for our ETFs and our stocks come from our FVMR framework. We backtest and optimize the strategy for the factors that have worked best in each market. We do all of our research in-house. We don't rely on other research, and we might, of course, get ideas from others, but ultimately, we're going to test that in our framework. The benefit of an investment framework is that it forces discipline when emotions run high. Emotions from wild market events can cause you to make rash and costly decisions. To avoid this, stick to your framework. Our framework relies on data and structure, not just feeling and opinion. So we first start off with earnings. Management is responsible for producing earnings. 
And we then have at the other part of this, we have price. Investors set the price the company trades at in the market. There's four elements to our framework. The first one is fundamentals. We look for strong profitability that shows a company is managed well. Also, we prefer high or rising profitability. The next one, the V and FEMR, is valuation, which shows how the market perceives the stock. We prefer good fundamentals at relatively cheap valuations. The third one is M, FEMR, momentum. We try to avoid value traps by looking for positive price and earnings momentum. And at times, low momentum signals an out-of-favor opportunity. And risk, we prefer low business risk and price risk. Not every stock, though, is going to fly. Some just provide stable returns and strong dividends. Now, you can download this chart deck for free by clicking on the Get the PDF link at MyWorstInvestmentEver.com or by clicking the link in the description below. So let's now look at fundamentals, our framework. We're going to look at ROE, and we're going to see that infotech companies have a 23% ROE. It's incredibly high. And healthcare, consumer staples, and energy all have ROEs of about 20%. 15% is higher than the average long-term of 12%. So the whole industry of all of these different companies, 1,500 companies, has an average ROE of 15% versus a long-term average of 12%. Things are very profitable. If we look at the net margin, we can see that the average net margin is about 10%, and that compares to the long-term average of about 6%. Infotech has a very strong net margin of about 6%, and five sectors have net margins of 7 to 8%, which are already actually above their historical long-term average. So what have you learned in this section? Even after difficult times with the Infotech companies crashing down a bit, they still have a high 23% ROE and a strong 16% net margin. Healthcare, consumer staples, and energy are each earning 20% ROEs. The average ROE is 15%, and that's higher than the long-term average of 12%. And the current average net margin of 10% is much higher than the long-term average of about 6%. Finally, Infotech and healthcare are most profitable. Let's move on to valuation to try to understand the 11 sectors from a valuation perspective. First thing we can see is that the 24 times PE for infotech sector is highest. The chart I'm looking at is from highest sector or largest sector to smallest from infotech to real estate. And what we can see is that PE is 24 times at tech and financials are trading at 11 times PE and energy at eight times is the cheapest. Now, there's some things to think about here. First of all, financial stocks never, ever trade at super high PEs because there's so much risk inherent in their financial structure. But financials look interesting at this level. Also, just because the energy sector is trading at eight, eight and a half times doesn't necessarily mean it's attractive. Why? Because generally, you buy cyclical energy and materials sectors when PE is high, not low which is when the earnings are at the bottom of the cycle. Because remember, when earnings are high, then the PE is going to be low, right? And when earnings are low, the PE is going to be high. And we want to buy when earnings are low because then we're going to go through the next up cycle and make a lot of money on that. Now, let's look at price to book. 
Infotech is crazy expensive at 5.4 times price to book. Consumer staples and healthcare are also pretty expensive. And to me, financials look attractive. Now, I wanted to understand what was the structure of the balance sheet of the infotech companies and is that structure of the balance sheet causing the infotech companies to have a higher price to book than others. Now, one of the things we have to think about when we think about the balance sheet of the infotech companies is they have a ton of cash. So I've adjusted for cash. I've said, let's remove cash from the balance sheet. And now let's look at the net fixed assets as a percent of total assets to try to understand what it looks like compared to all companies. And here's what I found. The fixed assets as a percent of total assets, excluding cash, ranges from about 30 to 35 percent for the typical company in my data set, which is about 15,000 companies or so. And then we can see that the infotech companies have come down from 25 down to about, let's say about 15%. That means that they have a much lower fixed asset, meaning they are asset light. And that's part of the reason why they have a high price to book ratio. Now let's look at price to cash flow, expensive infotech, healthcare and consumer staples. Cheap is communication services and financials. Remember, communication services have a lot of depreciation, and so cash flow is, is adding back that depreciation, and therefore it all of a sudden has a very high amount of cash flow. And then let's look also at dividend yield. There's five sectors that are yielding more than 3%, signaling that they could be potentially cheap. But remember, two of them are energy and materials, which we have some concern that we could be at the peak for them. So... Also, financial stocks look interesting. They're trading at a 3.6% dividend yield. And finally, let's look at the ROE divided by the price to book. In other words, how much can I get in ROE for one in price to book? And what we can see is financials are most attractive and infotech and real estate are least attractive. So what have you learned in this section? 24 times PE for infotechs is highest. Financials at 11 times and energy at eight are cheapest. Financials look interesting at this level. Buy cyclical energy and materials when the PE is high, not low. And infotech is crazy expensive at 5.4 times price to book but we could see that they are asset light and that's part of the reason why they're so expensive and consumer staples and healthcare are also expensive. There's five sectors that are yielding more than 3% dividend yield. That could signal that some of them are cheap. Next, let's look at momentum. Well, 2023 revenue growth expectations are a low 2% on average. So there's not much expectation of revenue growth and they're highest at consumer discretionary at about 7%, and analysts think the lowest revenue growth expectations are at energy, where they're expecting that energy revenues are gonna fall by 6.5%. Now let's look at the consensus earnings growth, and what we can see is that that's just absolutely flat at about zero. Analysts are not expecting any increase in revenue of this group of companies. And it's up at financials at 15% that they're expecting earnings to grow, consumer discretionary at 17%, and utilities at 16%. So, when we look at the financials and consumer discretionary, it gives some indication that people are expecting some sort of bounce back, particularly consumer discretionary, as people think, well, they're going to buy more cars or TVs. That tells you that maybe people aren't expecting that we're going to see a recession this year. 
Now let's look at share price and see what the market is saying. The best six-month price momentum is at defensive sectors. They've been doing well. Healthcare, consumer staples, and utilities. So analyst upgrades may look like, analyst forecasts may look like there could be some recovery in the economy. The prices in the market, what the average investor is saying is that, no, no, we're going to be buying healthcare because that's defensive. We're going to be buying consumer staples because that's defensive. And we're going to be selling real estate because we think that there's going to be losses there. That's the price change and momentum over the past six months. And then finally, I decided let's look at three-year price change. And Infotech, energy, and materials are the best performers. Infotech's up 32% over the past three years, despite the fact that we had a pretty bad year last year. And energy is up 31% and materials 25%. The worst share price change over the last three years has been real estate, where we've seen over the past year, the Fed has increased interest rates, hurting the industry. So what have you learned? Low 2023 revenue growth expected highest growth is at consumer discretionary and energy. And 2023 consensus earnings growth was flat, up at financials and consumer discretionaries and utilities. The best six-month price momentum has been at defensive sectors, healthcare, consumer staples, and utilities, meaning that the market has been planning for a recession. And Infotech, Energy, and Materials are the best three-year performers, and real estate are the worst. So let's now kind of sum it up. I would say that financials, consumer discretionary, and utilities look most interesting to me. Financials are cheap and they have good momentum. Consumer discretionaries have strong earnings momentum. And utilities, though they have weak fundamentals, they're cheap and they have good earnings and price momentum. Infotech, healthcare, and consumer staples are strong but expensive. There's strong fundamentals at Infotech, but they're expensive. The same at healthcare and consumer staples, the same, but they both have some price momentum. And energy and materials appear cheap, but for cyclicals, we usually buy them when they are expensive. The key points and the bottom line, financials, consumer discretionary, and utilities look interesting to me. Infotech, healthcare, and consumer staples are strong but expensive, and energy and materials appear cheap. We usually buy them when they are expensive. So what's the bottom line? Financials, consumer discretionaries, and utility sectors look most interesting. So let me end this by asking you, what do you think? Which of these sectors do you think is going to perform the best? I look forward to your answer in the comments. See you there.